0: Hello and welcome to Deep Spirituality, the podcast. This is part three of our series called How to Have a Quiet Time. This episode is called Finding Happiness. Russ, Parker, Kelly, and David discuss what makes them happy and look at the story of the prodigal son and examine the dynamic between the two sons and their father. Be sure to check out our website at deepspirituality.net and our YouTube channel called Deep Spirituality. If you enjoy these episodes, don't hesitate to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. We're excited today because we're going to be talking about being happy or happiness. It's entitled Finding Happiness. I did a talk on this, and today I'm joined by Parker, Kelly, and David, and each one of them, I think, was able to be uh, hear that talk, at least a part of that talk, and the first question I really want to get started off with is, when you guys think about finding happiness, what do you think about?
0: Uh, first thing i think about is listening to music i love finding i love listening to music and just that's where i get happy a lot of times and uh i think about things i'm good at and i like doing those things i'm good at and uh tends to make me happy confident in myself cool
2: yeah finding happiness is like searching kind of like looking what what makes me happy i have to kind of find it sometimes
3: all right yeah i don't know think about like like being passionate about something and being able to do that like whether that's Like for me, like playing sports or like David said, listening to music or finding something that I'm like, wow, I really enjoy this. And then doing that a lot. Have
1: you guys ever studied for a test that was really hard and and you're studying late and you get tired? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So when I was in college, I was really tired. I was studying for a test. And uh, so I was like, uh, wow, you know, I am getting just weary here. I just, I, I, I wish I didn't have this test. I I wish I wish I didn't have to take it. I wish I wasn't in college. I wish I could get out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I, I said, I got to take a study break. And I went down uh, to, it's called Store 24 in Boston. I went downstairs uh, below my dorm and Store 24 was a 24-hour-like store. And I was like, I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get lemon drops because I'll tell you what, when I was studying, the one thing that would make me happy, even if I wasn't learning anything or remembering anything or scared Would be lemon drops. The sweet taste of sugar and lemon just did it for me. So I walked down the aisles and I was look. I always got lemon drops. So I walked down the aisle and I was like, okay, I gotta get some lemon drops. And I looked down there and there were. I couldn't see any lemon drops. I started to freak out. That was my happiness, and I couldn't find it. Right. And so I started scrounging around and looking and bending down. And I suddenly I see in the back that little that little glisten of light and cellophane. And I go, there's one left. And in oh that moment, I would found happiness, right? Nice, nice. And I reached down there. I grabbed it, pulled it back, and someone had opened it and had been eating out of it. And in that moment, I lost happiness. Crushed. <laughs> I was never happy again. <laughs> no. and it, it, I was never happy again. I <laughs> still <laughs> to this day. Yeah. So the thing about happiness is if you pursue the wrong thing for happiness, you end up disappointed. Yeah. True. And the story of today is a story really about two sons. And a lot of people know this is the prodigal son story, but I actually think of it as the lost son's story because it's actually about two sons. Mm -hmm. One is, in my view, worldly. He's looking for control. The other is religious. He's caught up in performance. And we want to start out just looking at this idea. Our worldly pursuit of control and religious preoccupation with performance is responsible for the majority of our unhappiness. And so I think a lot of times we're trying to either control if we're not particularly spiritual or church-going or, 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 or religious. And a lot of times when we are religious, we're, we're seeking to perform. We're trying to get our performance right to be happy. And so I, I want to look first at the younger son and talk about the worldly. And obviously you can have a different view on the Scripture, but I try to take a, a new look, a fresh look that applied to me, and I hope applies to a lot of people and they get out of it, but the worldly, choosing faith over control. Uh, making a decision in your life that you're not going to pursue happiness by saying, can I control everybody and everything and the outcomes of everything, but I'm going to get excited about choosing faith. Let's go ahead and read the scripture and take a look at this. And you guys can get real involved on talking about your ideas and your thoughts. Luke 15 verse 11. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, father, don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me. So the father went ahead and distributed among the two sons, her inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. What do you think about that when it comes to worldliness and seeking control instead of having faith?
2: Well, I mean, he thought he knew what was going to make him happy. Um, he didn't ask, like, hey, what do you think, Dad? He was can you like, personally this... apply
1: that to yourself at all?
2: Um, do I think I know what's going to make me happy? Yeah, I can think. Like um, choosing
1: control because you get what he's doing? Yeah. He's sitting at home and he's going, and they, you know, you guys are younger and you've not been out of your houses that long. <laughs> and so when you're sitting at home, your parents are usually the greatest obstacle. And so mm-hmm. many times you go, I can't be happy because my parents are keeping me from right, doing this. Right, my yeah. parents are getting... But what it is in your teen years, you're starting to try to get control. Right. Right? And every human being is trying to get control. This kid goes, all right, my dad's been in control. I want control. Mm -hmm. And so he thinks I'm going to be happy if I can get control. Have you guys ever experienced that battle of choosing control over choosing faith? That's what I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to get you to tell me about yourselves a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I'll say like when I went to um, when I went to college for my first year, I remember the sense packing the U-Haul truck and feeling the sense of freedom. Like I'm about to leave the nest and in some ways leave like the sense of um, control that my parents had over me. And like, I'm going to go, you know, see the world, and I guess, in the in the scripture sense. And uh, I remember going to to college and feeling like there were all these things that I've never tried before. And I remember thinking these are the possibilities that I've just opened up. I can uh, do it without my parents finding out. I can do it without or, you know, I can do it without. um, having to worry about people saying, no, I can just kind of do my thing. And I think it's... um, I think it's... uh, Yeah, that was like the first time I think... Did it feel like freedom? It it did feel like freedom, yeah. It felt like there were a lot of things I could do. I I didn't like... Did you do all of the
1: things or just one of the things? No, I
0: mean like not everything. Are you still doing all the things? (laughs) No, yeah, I mean... (laughs) This continues. Um, no, yeah. I mean, there's. I, I think to this day, I think it's that's when it kind of started. But like, I think to this day, there there seems to be new things that keep coming up where I'm like, I haven't tried that before. I want to try it. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and that can be hard because so you can
1: relate to this dude
0: totally for sure. What? How? How? how do you I, mean, to? I mean, I <laughs> mean, uh, how can I relate to it? I mean, like, I think there's a sense for me where I feel like I'm missing out on something. Like, if I'm if I see people having a good time, I'm like, I want to have a good time with them. I think that for me growing up in the growing up you know in church it was a, there was this idea of i have to put on this image so for me it's kind of hard because i actually identified more with this this guy at first but i'm also really religious which is the older son right so it's hard for me because i'm like okay who should i say i relate
1: more with but when well, when i was in college there was a video or a movie i came out called sex drugs and rock and roll oh nice that was it right well, yeah. those were the three choices <laughs> oh, and, uh, oh when I went to movies. college, all the oh, uh, choices you're like, okay, is it sex, is it drugs, or rock and roll? Sure, right? I wasn't particularly into rock and roll. I was more into you know Motown. But I'm just saying that I think everybody out there, hopefully everybody out there listening, knows that when you go to see the world, you're not talking about the sights in Paris. So, yeah. right? I think when you go to college, you're going. I mean, people won't like thinking this way, but some of the most enjoyable things in my life, if, when I went to college, were, were, were called sins in the Bible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and freedom right. was freedom to do whatever I wanted to do right wherever I wanted to do it. And I think it wasn't even that I always enjoyed doing the things. It was that I got to got control.
0: Right. And I gotta try it. And there was that sense of I think it for me, I think I told myself going into college I I think it's time that I try it for myself. Yeah. I remember my dad I remember telling my dad one time, I think it's time for me to learn my own lessons. Like yeah. you don't need to tell me what you did when right. you were in Boston. I wanna I want to experience it myself. I want to follow myself. Right. And that was kind of my way of saying, I want to see the world, and you can't tell me I can't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And that's in all of us, right? Because you're kind of getting your identity when you're a teenager. Right, yeah. And you're like, man. And I think a lot of times as teenagers, right, you folk, I did this. I had more attitude toward my parents because I was so focused on my parents, I had no focus on God. And so if I could get them out of my way, then I could be who I wanted to be. And I think that's where this kid was at. And a lot of people don't realize when, that they're seeking control, Yeah, that they want to get control of their life. They want to do what they want to do. They want to, and it, it isn't even always that they want to do a sin. Sometimes it's like, I, I don't want to major in engineering. I want to study art. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, and that, that, that whole battle goes on. My position on it is that I think a lot of times we confuse trying to do, become who we need to be with trying to get control of who we want to be. We want no one to be able to tell us no. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. one to be able to stop right. us. You're not saying anything, Parker. You're looking at me like you've been listening to some music over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I, I'm just trying to
3: think about, like, like why. Like, I feel like I do have the sense of, like, I want control and I want to be able to choose whatever I want to do. But I'm like, like why do I want that?
1: And I think, I don't know, in my teenage years, like, I think you asked a beautiful question. Why do we need control? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I shared about a few things the other day. One is fear. When I was young and still to this day fear of rejection I think is my greatest fear. Fear of rejection. Um the other other thing is just idolatry which is in the bible which is envy and jealousy. Like a lot of times those those things motivate me. I want to I want to I want to get control of my life so I can get what I see other people have. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to get control of my path, you know, so no one can tell me no one I can have what I want. And then just insecurity. Being driven completely by not being happy with who I am. I think a lot of control is—is is I'm either insecure, I'm envious, I'm jealous. I've got something inside of me driving me to be discontent with who I am and what I want. I think I don't know
3: what I was. What I was thinking earlier is like, and maybe this this uh, sense of wanting this control comes from just like. Uh, general unsettled and general unhappiness as a teenager that I think a lot of people feel. I remember being a teen, like you just said, trying to figure out who you are. And I was like, especially I'm the youngest of three, so growing up with two older brothers, I felt like I had to be someone, I had to do something, because they were both super successful. And I was like... Well, everything I do now is because of my parents. Like they always tell me what to do, and I do it, and and that doesn't make me happy. So I'm like, well, I want to do what I want to do, yes. and I know what I want because I'm 13. <laughs> 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 like I know what will make me happy, so let me go do
1: this. And I think. Um, I think these are important emotions to help. I mean, a lot. you guys are in college and, and have been in college, you know, graduating, about to graduate, go on and do graduate stuff. I think a lot of what you're talking about, you have to understand the people listening right now, uh, some of them are parents, and you're, you're going to help them understand their kids when you talk about this. Some of them are college students, and they don't know why they're so angry at their parents or angry at life. Uh, some of them are uh, out there feeling super insecure, like you know, I'm not smart, I'm not tall enough, I don't, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not whatever, and 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 many times we're trying to steal that that feeling. I mean, I think that's partly why I started playing basketball, is I was socially awkward and I was like, hey, I see these athletes, they seem to be in the mainstream socially. I'll become an athlete, and and then all of a sudden I saw my social life change to some degree. Uh, well, actually to a dramatic degree when I, I got into it, but I was trying to get control of my relationships, control of how people saw me and instill and that turbulent inside of me that looked at the acne on my face or, or whatever it was and thought, oh man, this is terrible. And so I think this, this sort of section is a time of, of, of vulnerability. When you start talking about control, control is a way to get away from, I it's, it's two things I would say. One, it's It's a trust issue and a transparency issue. And I think when you grow up in the church, right, it can be, and and, and certainly when you're on a podcast in front of a microphone, it can be Mm -hmm. really difficult to do what you just did, Parker, and go, these are the emotional things that I feel. And why that younger brother would try to get control. These are the things that overwhelm me. So as you're thinking and talking, you may not relate to some of the stuff that I have noted on our, on our screen here, but you may be sitting here thinking about other things. You you may just simply sit there and go, I'm just nervous talking in a microphone. I'm just nervous sharing my life with people that are going to listen to it. And when you start getting into that space, what you do is I'll give you an example, right? When you start getting insecure and you start getting nervous, you get control by being quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Now I have control of my fears. I have control of my insecurities. So we're trying to explore what happened to that younger brother is he was like, I don't he's just like you said, Parker, he's like, I want to figure myself out. I want to break through. And what he decided to do is go, give me what it's owed to me. And I I love your statement at 13. <laughs> I know what's best for me. Right. And he plunged on out there to do it. Right. So does that does that help you a little bit? Kelly, you haven't really said much. I'll let you yeah. get in there
2: yeah um well for one yeah this is nerve-wracking but um but why I is do... it
1: nerve-wracking again
2: because i've never done this before <laughs> podcast um, is different mostly... tell people yeah.
1: tell people listening why it's so nerve-wracking well, yeah, feel like, what does it feel Mike like what does it feel like seeing your face it's <laughs> <Yeah. Huh? laughs>
2: a big old fat mic in my face yeah, yeah, yeah. um and uh and it's circle um it's <laughs> <talking>. a circle <laughs> our room's kind of nice though don't you, it, is. It, yeah, actually, it is actually i really Very like nice. these pictures on the wall too yeah we got beautiful pictures on the wall
1: um you know, we because we have three po- triangle media is Really, we got we got three podcasts that we do. Right. And so we have the This Is Me podcast. We have the deep spiritually po- spirituality podcast. And then we have the lead different podcast. And so we're starting to launch a lot of podcasts. And we know that, you know, people are learning. I'm learning still. And so it's OK to be learning. And sometimes you don't want to stick to the script and just keep going. So what we're just gonna talk about I think what'd be cool to talk about right now is just insecurity.
2: That's what I was gonna say was but Take the it. insecurity one was the one I, I think I connect to the most and it helps identify it helps me identify like, oh, it's because I'm unhappy with who I am. Um, and something you said yesterday about like like it was actually the other person. That's brother, in the I talk
1: I gave you mean?
2: Yeah, the right, in the talk you gave yesterday was um, when uh, when we get religious it's because uh we're performing and i was like oh that's that's for sure me but then i think on my worldly side or like the like when i get the worldly side of me is is it's still the i still am insecure and i i get religious and perform would you like to go and,
1: and just start talking about the older brother
2: that i feel like i relate a lot to him well let's go to the older brother we don't
1: we don't have any rules right here do we Some of the people who've been writing in, we've had people writing in and and sending messages and and making requests about the next podcast we do. I got a really cool request, which I actually was already going to do one on music to do one on music and I've got some friends I can bring in. We're just going to talk about music. And actually Hmm. what I want to talk about is why Christian music doesn't hit the spot (laughs) and, Uh and get some guys in here. They'll talk about it. Not only the melodies that are designed, but the lyrics. Hmm. And I like what Bono uh, told Eugene Peterson in a, in a a talk, he did this on YouTube. And he said, "I, I want, I want Christian music to be more honest. He goes, I just don't want to hear that. Everything's perfect in my life. I want to hear about your bad marriage you know what I'm saying and I think so so some of it is I want to have that great podcast so it's fun and I want to get people like you guys used to doing podcasts I want you to talk more than I talk Mm -hmm. I'm trying I'm trying to get you And you just got to relax and and take it easy because a lot of people really want to hear what you have to say and 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 I, I find that I learn a lot when I'm talking like I make mistakes I talk too much like I'm doing now and you just keep going you just go you know what what people are doing is they're enjoying it. But a lot of people have told me they're driving in their commute and they love just listening to it. Uh, Some people have told me, Hey, while I'm doing laundry, I just put it on and I just get to enjoy listening to it. And, and I, I just don't worry about, you know, people, people, people want to have a conversation. That's a spiritual conversation and you don't have to get it all right. There's no right technique. I listen to Mm -hmm. a lot of podcasts and so you can really relax, but we're just going to skip right over that younger brother who, we, and I, I'm the one in the room that relates most to the younger brother because I was crazy. I was like, you know, godless and not interested in God or none of that stuff and full of worldly ambition and trying to get secure by achievement and all that. But I think I got a group in here that's going, uh, we don't totally relate to you. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the older brother choosing relationship over performance. So why don't you guys first say, why do you relate more to this guy than the other guy? Well, yeah. um, no, go ahead. You want uh, to well, me? I
2: was thinking, I mean, the other brother was like, Oh, like I'm just gonna go do what I want but but the older brother was like, What? I stayed. Like I did what I was supposed to. <laughs> like I could just feel like that. Like like I can't I I'm not honest about the fact that I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm bitter and angry and like, I should have, or like you know, so I think I relate more to that.
0: I think the reason I relate more to the older brother is because, I mean, it's not that I don't go out to the world. It's that I don't tell people I'm going out to the world. So I'll do it.
1: What does going out to the world mean? You're speaking in code. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think going out to the world. I mean, first thing is like, if it's like, if it's not the, if it's unchristian, like if it's something that doesn't seem like you should do that when you go to church, if it doesn't seem like if you're going to get backlash from people, in church, were Christian. That for me, like growing up in the church, I would consider that going out to so the world. So church is your culture. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. It's it's definitely become. Yeah, a I was I, super
1: rebellious <laughs> against that culture. Once I became a Christian, I was like, okay, I'm doing what I want. I mean, I want to go to heaven, so that's the main mm-hmm. reason I'm here. I'm so afraid about that hell place, but yeah. I was not into the culture. I yeah. still have problems with church culture. Which is you know yeah well sad. I think th-
0: I think the thing for me is that I can I just get really worried about how people see me I think that's just something I get really I get worried about how people see me in church yeah how people see me in the world so then it's like I'm not content with either Do you know
1: other teenagers and college students who grow up in the church feel that way Oh uh,
0: perhaps no yeah, absolutely really? I mean This is uh, for sure how s- Yeah How stressful is it <sighs> I don't even I, I can't even How do you explain that Like it's just Wait, you are asking How stressful
2: like How it is stressful, is, stressful is, it
1: to- is it growing up in a church to feel emotions about your performance and how people view you. I don't know. It's, I,
0: it's, man, yeah. it's
3: crazy. I think I, I relate more talking about the older brother, younger brother, definitely more to the younger brother. Yeah, definitely more to the younger brother just because – um, like I saw my older brothers do the performance and they were like super successful in football and school and having friends and all that stuff. And I felt like worse at all that stuff. So I was like, you know what? Like I didn't ask for my inheritance and leave, but I kind of definitely left from the norm of like, cause my parents, like we grew up going to church and I would still go to events, but I wouldn't listen. I wouldn't do anything. So yeah. I rebelled completely in that way. Um, but I think talking about the stress of like, um, like viewing your performance, like, like me and my brothers, like we did different things on the outside, but it was the
1: same stress. It was just different reactions to it. So emotion, I think you're talking about emotion. So like, I'll give you an example. I play basketball, right? And one of my biggest weaknesses is that I could do really well in practice, uh, at least from my point of view, really well in practice, but why we get in a game, and then I would start worrying about how I was going to perform in front of people, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I would end up making a lot of mistakes because I had so much anxiety right. about: Is my coach going to take me out? Right. What do the people in the stands think? Right. Am I going to keep playing? Right. Am I going to make a shot? Oh, I missed that shot. Right. Now I'm going to be in trouble, you know. And I was, right. and so my mind was never on playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. It was always on all the people around me. Right. And so it sounds like you guys are describing the level of stress you get before a final exam.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's like. Everything that you do, at least for me, everything that I do, it becomes about calculating like what's going to, what's going to make people happy, what's going to make me look the best, so that even if I'm in a very simple situation like on a podcast, it's really hard for me to just kind of let things flow. Because so do you
1: do you think that a lot of kids grow up in the church may who grow up in churches may become calculating because you use that word? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really for sure. intense.
0: Yeah. Really? Keep how, talking. How, yeah. so? how, do you, how do you think it's intense? What do you mean by well, that? Well, I like,
1: was calculating as a non-Christian. Mm-hmm. I'd calculate out how to be successful, what to say to who to get what I wanted. Right. You know? I mean, you could argue manipulative. Sure. And yeah. so calculation is related to manipulation, say, which uh, is yeah. related to Machiavelli. <laughs> Machiavelli <laughs> writes, well, he wrote, a, he wrote a whole tome about how a leader manipulates and controls everybody. Mm-hmm. So in reality, when you're performing, you're controlling. Mm-hmm. So it's not that different than what we're talking about the younger brother. You're trying to control what everybody thinks of you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not accusing, I'm saying no, what yeah. I'm learning is right. I'm going, wow, okay. So there's this tremendous pressure. So that means there's high potential for a kid who grows up in church going, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform and say I believe the Bible. I'm gonna perform and say I want to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna perform and go, I really like devotionals and mm-hmm. church services i'm going to perform and say i really like the music tap yeah. my fe- feet to it but in reality i'm doing all that as a calculation mm-hmm. until i can get out of my house right. and get free and go to college or uh-huh. something right yep. or you just
0: keep faking it until a tipping point where you're like i'm done faking it i'm just gonna can come clean it? and i'm just gonna leave
1: i'm gonna split that's intense yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, yeah definitely that's intent. You're gonna say more. I mean, I'm this. Well, this is like yeah. this is like watching. Like, this is like, like what? What's my, Yeah, what do you think like it? watching a good TV know, series, man. What do you think? <laughs> this, Kelly? this is like Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It's like wow. I mean, you guys. Yeah. I, you, if you're not, if you're out there listening, these three really believe it. I think Parker's over there calculating what he's going to say, by the way. <laughs> That's they really believe it. I mean, they're not yeah, taken. They're, not, they're, they're in here. There's some intense looks on their faces, <laughs> and there's some stress. And, 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 and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying that because as a parent of a teenager, I'm looking and going, wow, I'm not sure that I understood how immense that pressure is and that you end up being torn apart by trying to live multiple lives. Mm-hmm. Is that, would that be correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, well, and I think, well, I think that's what makes this so hard is it's like, we're always calculating and so it's like, okay, what do we say now? But I think growing up, I well, some my parents are divorced and then one, like they both go to church, but I think the, I live with my mom and my stepdad um, and growing up with them, they they taught, okay, read your Bible, pray. You can't you can't do anything else unless you've done that. Um, and so what I learned was, okay, if I want to watch TV, I have to read my Bible. And <laughs> and so I would read a scripture. I actually one time I found like this the shortest verse, and I was like, I read a whole psalm, let alone you know I forget which chapter that is right now. But um, but I you know like that's what I had to do to get what I wanted. Um, and so. So, I mean, that, that's something I show with every day is I, in order for me to get what I want, I have to perform right. I have to read, you know, my scripture and I have to pray. Um, and so it, it, it did create a lot of stress. So, so
1: in a way, it's no different than someone who doesn't grow up in the church, meaning that you figure your parents out. Mm-hmm. You figure out what do they want. Right. I'll give it to them to get what I want. Right. And so it becomes a transactional relationship is mm-hmm. what you would call it, which is church becomes the means by which it's the currency. Yeah. And yeah. so what a parent, you would say to a parent is, you better figure out right now that your kid can learn that church is the currency of how you're going to make this parental transaction. You want me to, you know, uh, uh, go to church all the time? Then I need to get this. And maybe that's how kids get smartphones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? they you, Maybe that's how they get a car. I don't know. I mean, is that, is that kind of what we're talking about? That's how they get to go the trip they want to... Is the that transition? what we're talking about?
2: The, the transaction? Is that what you mean? Yeah, the like transaction. I get what I want?
1: Meaning, meaning I figure out my parents. Mm-hmm. What do my parents yeah, want? Well, I yeah. give you what you want. Now you give me yeah. what I want.
2: Yeah. Well, like, in a way, I mean, I don't know. I felt like... I mean, my mom will tell you. She was like, I didn't think you were going to become a Christian ever because... I, just to her face, I was actually really mean, and I would I would be like, no, I don't want to do that. But like yeah. everywhere else, I was like the happiest kid. Nobody would uh. ever think <laughs> ever think I would do anything mean, you know. And yeah. so, so I, I think I felt so much pressure everywhere else that yes. when I came home, I was like, I can't handle it anymore. Like I'm
1: that's that breaking point that uh, mm-hmm. David was talking about. Right. And that's actually a good thing, right? It's actually good when you're yourself at home mm-hmm. because then that's the real thing. That's the yeah. Real thing. I was gonna say I'm completely different. Like I was
3: um super nice to my parents and like mama's boy and like I like love my parents but I was like am, yeah. like I mean for the most of my like high school life like lied to them about my whole life and everything and was like completely different so I'm just asking like what like Kelly like for your relationship with your mom like how did that um like it probably hurt a lot at the time because you were being mean but like What did that, like, what do you see are the kind of outcomes of that now? Because I think with me, with my parents, like, um, I ended up like wanting to work on my relationship with God and my relationship with them. So I told them like everything I've been lying to them about, and it was like really hard. And even still there's like this, like, I'm still, I'm close with my parents now, but there's like, uh, like definitely a guilt I feel of like, dang, I hurt you so bad. And I like lied to you so much Sure that, um, so it even it seems like, like even now, I'm still in that position where I'm thinking it's better to like lie and say, "Oh, I love you," like yeah. have a good day, <laughs> like, and, um, But I'm, yeah, I'm just, I just want to well, know your, your that, thoughts point about one that. On this
1: podcast. It's better to lie. <laughs> 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 parents I'm doing you a favor; I'm sparing you a lot of pain. Better to lie. I think that's really important to hear that you say because I think that I don't think this is unique to teenagers and parents. I think everybody who starts to look at church as an option like I did, the hardest thing about it is honesty. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's why sin is no longer in the discussion oftentimes because people people want to be honest about things that don't have anything to do with make what would make them feel shame. Right. Um, right. And so I think it's really cool. But he's asking a question. I don't know if you – Like uh, how it
2: affects it now? Yeah. Is that what you asked? Um, well, actually, I mean, I think, I think my mom and I can have a lot more conversations to like – they can be confrontational a lot of the time but but in the end i think we get closer um where i think my mom and i both can bet heads a lot mostly because we are both confrontational <laughs> um and so um so i think it, we help each other get to a solution i don't think it always is that way i think i find my way to lie find my way to like eh, i'm gonna tell you this part but not this part
1: would it be accurate i'm just gonna ask a question would it be accurate to say maybe that more than confrontational you and your mom are honest people
2: yeah, yeah. I guess a lot more like um, this is what's on my mind. Like we wear our heart on our sleeve a lot. See, I think, I think
1: a lot of times in, 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 in traditional church cultures, which I try not to have, um, I forgot which one of you guys was saying it, there's a tendency to want, I was Parker, that, to want to pretend. And what that is really is dishonesty. Mm-hmm. It's emotional dishonesty. And so yeah. I think what you're really teaching us right now, Kelly, is that if you if you really want to do well in life, the first step is not deciding whether or not your kid meets grade by becoming a Christian or not, that shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be like, Oh, I've got to have this goal. It should be, is there going to be emotional honesty in the relationship? And I think what Parker you were explaining is really cool because you're talking about, I got to a point in my family where there was emotional dishonesty on my part because it's not really, I, again, I think people get, they overhype sin. I think religious people overhype sin, mm-hmm. and we use it as a, a gradation of performance. And mm-hmm. so when you look at the, Luke 15 is the chapter we're talking about, the prodigal son. We're talking about verse 25 right now, the older son. We haven't read it. I'll read it for you in a little bit. But what we're really talking about is two guys who took two different paths. And I'm, I'm, I'm changing my thought process listening to you guys. The younger son said, I'm going to be emotionally honest with you. I don't want to mm-hmm. be here give me my dough yeah Mm -hmm. right the older son was emotionally dishonest and went hey i'm cool i love it being here but the truth is he didn't love it being there anymore (laughs) and the reason neither one of them loved being there is neither one of them loved the father yeah that's the key right Hmm. and so i think what you guys are bringing into play is in order for someone to be become remain a christian they've got to be emotionally honest with god and with each other and in the case of a teenager parent so a lot of parents out there right now who have a rebellious kid who's always being mean at home that's a good thing mm-hmm. right and that's a good thing okay add on to that
0: you say you, you had be to be honest with your parents but I think I think the biggest thing is being honest with yourself I think from for me it's so hard for me to be honest with myself how do you become
1: honest with yourself
0: what's the <laughs> <of> you? <laughs> you can tell me when you get there I mean I'm I'm like well, I'm about, trying to what figure about out your like, relationship
1: with God wouldn't, wouldn't that help
0: well I think yeah Like, well it starts with I think it starts with me having a look at the Bible or, or friends who are going to point me to the Bible and I'm not going to do it myself well, let me
1: do you think if you build a relationship with God where you're emotionally honest with God, that would make you emotionally honest with people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty
1: interesting idea, I think. I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, seriously, it's pretty interesting yeah. idea. Yeah, do, 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 Have you ever pursued that? Because one of the things I learned yeah. in my life, and again, my wife helped me with this and friends, no big leader helped me with that. Like, mm-hmm. nobody in charge of anything. And I remember I was talking to, before my wife was my girlfriend, I was talking to her, and she was like, do you ever pray about your emotions? And I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, it literally, it never occurred to me. Yeah. And... She said, and I think some of it is women are better at the emotional awareness in general. I don't. I, it's tough making characterizations because it's not. This generalization is not true all the time. But a lot of times, women get more. They they get a better emotional education growing up than men do. Hmm. And so she said to me, "Do you ever pray about your emotions?" And I'm like, "No." And part of it was because I was never transparent about my emotions. That just wasn't what I did. I was defensive, protective, you know, not vulnerable. And so she got me doing it with God. And what's funny is over the years, it's been a lot of years. I began to learn how to communicate my emotions to people, so what i 've learned is when I communicate my emotions to God first, I always communicate them to people communicate them to people when i don 't communicate them to God first, I tend yeah. to struggle communicating with them to people. so when you were talking about that that struggle that 's why I was wondering because sometimes a quiet time become can become a, a calculation <laughs> right mm-hmm. i 've got to calculate out that I really do well when I have my quiet time and I put a time in but what what a quiet time ought to be is a relationship. Where you get gut level honest and you go, like the younger brother, I hate being here. I feel like I'm in a prison. This is terrible. What I really wanna do is I wanna go out and I wanna go, uh, you know, see the Himalayas or something. I don't know, whatever it is people wanna do. I really wanna go drinking. Right. You know? I really wanna go get drunk. Right. That's what I really wanna do. And until you say that out loud, right. You're being emotionally dishonest. Hmm. And so, and it's about previewing, right? It's about saying ahead of time, this is what I'm planning. Right. I'm planning to, the, the, you know, the the younger brother didn't tell him everything because he said, give me the inheritance. And the next thing you know, he's packing his bag. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm sure his dad was sitting there going, hey, hang on a minute. You never told me you were leaving. <laughs> right. You just said, give me the money. Yeah. I thought you were going to build a house on our <laughs> on our property and live there yeah. and get married and have some grandchildren for me. He yeah. was like, no, you gave my money. I'll pack mm-hmm. the bags. I'm gone. Right. He just did it. And so what we're learning about performance is, Performance really, from what you guys are telling me, is a form of dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm going to perform so I don't have to tell you the truth. Yeah. Lying is better, right? What are you thinking, David? You look—you like, think I like, you yeah. you got a lot going on up there in that uh, that pre-med mind. <laughs> I mean, a million things. I
0: think, like, I think the hard the reason that I have such a, t- a tough time being honest to myself is because there's things about myself I don't want to admit. I think you're talking about you're talking about emotional honesty, right, with God. Um, it's hard for me to even do that because. For, that means I have to admit there are things about myself I don't like. Not only that, but I don't think can change. And I think that's something for me currently I'm going through.
1: So let me ask you a question. What do you think? Do you ever think about what God thinks about you? In, no. That's the key. To what,
0: for, for me, I, I think way more about my track record, what, the things I don't want to tell myself. So the
1: episode before, we were oh. talking all about the fact that David was able to make a comeback from a setback because he focused on the abundant love of God. So in order to make a comeback, you have to actually go, you know, like God, he thinks he thinks you're good the way you are. He likes you the way you are. And what gives you the capacity to be emotionally. Honest, that's what I had to learn. I got mm-hmm. Cameron in here here is usually my wingman, but he's not on a mic because they're, they're being uh, they're they're being dominated right now by, <laughs> by, by the by the group we're with. But we were he was just talking with me about it. So I looked at him. But it's been hard for me to get spiritually where I am now. Like I I, I, I see nothing easy. Like, I, I, I don't think Christianity is easy. Hmm. I just think it's best. So it's just it's just like eating well. It's not easy, but it's best. And there's yeah. a study that was done not that long ago that talked about when you start to eat certain foods that are good for you, the literally the saliva in your mouth and the your mouth taste changes scientifically. They've studied it and it changes hmm. so that something you felt was bitter when you originally started eating it, you then later enjoy. I think I feel like Christianity is awesome because of God. So when I hear you talking, I relate and I go, I came into Christianity and the first thing people told me was you have to be more transparent. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, you don't tell anyone anything you think or anything you feel. That was me. Mm-hmm. And so people laugh now because I run my mouth all the time and talk about how I feel all sure. the time. But that process was I suffered, I made mistakes, I blew it, I have to apologize, I sinned, I did wrong all these terrible things, and in each case I had to go to God and learn how to talk it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear you talking, and I think a lot of people out there feel this way, it, you, you, you don't get to emotional honesty by becoming more aware of yourself, you get to emotional honesty, but become more aware of God. And then God gives you the security to go. God goes, I love you. I believe in you. I'm sticking with you no matter what. And you can go back and study the story of Jacob in Genesis, because that's a whole story about the unwavering perseverance of God. And he sticks with you. And when you really believe God sticks with you, God's going to love you. He, maybe no one else will but he's going to love you. That's what allows you in his presence. We talked about this in another episode, sacred space. That's what allows you to go. I'm going to tell you every secret I've got. I may not tell people tomorrow. I may not tell people the next day, but I'm going to tell you every secret I've got. And it's by telling God the temptations and the secrets that allows you to release the suppressed pressure that allows you to get into that emotionally honest space. And then when you go talk to a human being, you're not so afraid because you go, I told God everything. And if you're going to hate me, you're going to hate me. But he doesn't hate me, mm-hmm. and I—that's the journey of having a great relationship with God. You, one of you looks like you're going to say something. Well,
2: I just remember learning that when I when I did study about people studied with me, like like looked at scriptures and showed me how to do this. Um, I remember that, and I I remember, gosh, it was like Exodus thirty, not Exodus, it was um, Ezekiel thirty six twenty six that they like that it says like God um, will give you a new heart, um, yeah. new spirit in you, and I remember reading they read that to me, and I was like okay, wait, 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 like, I, all I have to do is, like, come to God and trust yeah. that he will, like, it, like, it clicked, and, like, and it, after that, I remember it was all the time, I was like, oh, hey, can I just tell you something, like, I was just praying about this, and I yes. felt guilty, like, it was just all the time, like, I, people would laugh at me, because I was yes. like, no, I just, I just felt, guilty. I just need to be open, like, yeah. you know, like, where it just, it. Because have you ever that been clicked. in a
1: situation where you're being open and people treat you like you're weird? Yeah. And they treat you like you're strange or they're a little judgmental? Yeah. Because but they're, they're like, all, have
2: c- you pra- like, have you prayed about it? Have you dealt with this? And yes. I was like, um, yep, I have. I just need to be open. Just like, being <laughs> real. Yeah. yeah.
1: I find that's the hardest thing for me in church culture is you start being real and people are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why don't you have more discipline? Mm-hmm. Why do you act that way? Why do you listen to that kind of music? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, old, much older than you guys. People yeah. do it to me. If, like if I go around and go, yeah, I was listening to J. Cole because I got, a, 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 got some music from Parkery you listen to J. Cole? Doesn't he swear? (laughs) I'm like, I'm about to swear to you. You know what I mean? Come on, give me an ever-loving break. And I think that's that's kind of...
3: I don't know if this fully relates, but that reminds me of what David said earlier about being honest with yourself. Cause I think when you say, and you're actually real with other people, like the reason they push back and are like, Whoa, you need to figure that out. Like what's wrong with you is because they don't see that in themselves. Like they, I've had those same thoughts of like, Oh, I want to go do this or go indulge myself or do whatever. But then they'll go, Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm the, like the, the rule book says no. So then they stifle it instead of going to God with it. And, And it's, it could seem so much easier to just like, just deny that and just not listen to that temptation and that voice that says, hey, go do this thing because it would be fun or whatever. Um, but I think. Uh, and I think this is where the conflict comes up growing up in church, too, because you'll have these temptations mm-hmm. from people at school or just people yep. you know or things you see on Twitter or whatever. Like, oh, I want to go do that. I want to go yes. drink. I yes. want to go, yeah, do whatever. But then you're like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. So you yes. stifle right. that and you don't talk about that. And because you're so performance oriented, you won't say right. you want to do that because yes. that's bad and that's bad. But then eventually you come to this like. Confliction of like I believe two different things at the same time. Like how can I believe this is wrong and I want to do it? Like right. that doesn't make any sense. And then you explode. And that's kind of like that's just kind of
1: what I went through. So I, that's why I got. So, you, <laughs> do you, do you, I mean, this is sort of sad. But do you know any people in your life that got to that point where they were torn by those mm-hmm. thing, two things and exploded? Man, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, Obviously, you don't say names. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Someone Cameron who's sitting here. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think. I think uh,
3: um man
1: yeah like what's it like when you when you see someone explode i mean is it sad is it is it you know i mean
3: yeah it's sad i think well i think for me i i kind of like i for sure had those two different like i i it's hard for me to put it into words but like these two different mindsets and believing two things at the same time because you have this it's super stressful and there's like um like i think of uh, different scriptures. I think in James one, it talks about uh, divided loyalty, like leaves your your compass shattered. And it maybe I'm quoting. Oh, no, you got it right. But, uh, I believe that's
1: the voice translation.
3: Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, different things like that. And and like I remember, like the tipping point of my. I think I talked about this last one of the last podcasts I was on. But my tipping point of like, dang, I really need to get my relationship with God right. Was I like I said earlier, like I fully believe these two different things. I fully believe that going out and drinking or doing whatever was going to make me happy. And that that was bad. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like they both can't be true. Yeah. And I kind of was like metacognitive for a second. And I was like, whoa, like, like this, like, like continuing to indulge this stuff and continuing to just deny the conscience. Metacognitive on us. <laughs> Sorry. I went on in English. class,
1: Dude, that is, <laughs> but, that is but so yeah, sweet, when I, okay. when I, when I have
3: those two, those two thoughts and I, I, it Was just kind of realizing that, like, um, man, like, just sin, just like, changes your mindset about stuff, and you stop seeing that it's bad, and you stop, like, s- like I don't know, it's just you know, crazy. a lot of people right. don't
1: want to talk about sin, and I think that you yeah. know, there's a great author or columnist in the New York Times, David Brooks, who wrote an article you were about that. I love David yeah. Brooks. I love David <laughs> you Brooks. Love David yeah, Brooks you know, funny. he's my role model, sort of. Um, <laughs> but the reason I mention it is because he's he, he he's not the only one. There are a lot of people who don't want to talk about that. Thomas Aquinas, I think it is. Is it Thomas? I can't remember. No, it's not him. It's another one of the religious thinkers talked about disordered love. I'm not looking at my notes. I'm, you know, I'm just rolling here. I'm standing up and talking. But he talked about it being disordered love. And a a lot of people want to hear that phrase instead of sin. What, what people understand, I don't know what church you go to if you're out there. I don't know if you go to church. But when we're talking about sin, we're not talking about it as a judgmental ranking of who you are and where you stand before God. We're talking about being able to identify the things that interfere with the capacity of God to move powerfully in our life, meaning to make us feel secure, that interfere with our relationships. We don't see it as like, oh, you did a bad one, you did a good one. But it's hard when you're a teenager, right? Yeah, it's to so hard growing up. But can you say that part again about we don't see sin as whatever? I think that's important. Uh, you say we, you, we should we. Oh, we don't see yeah. sin as a ranking or a performance or and I think a lot of I mean, I had to learn that because when I first came to church, I didn't know it at the time. But I was in a, in a in a you know, I was in a in a place far more religious than me, obviously, because I was just walking in. And so I was overwhelmed by what I now look back on were the number of rules that you had to follow. And I'm not saying that some of those rules weren't in the Bible. I'm just saying I had never followed the rules I had followed were get great grades be ambitious, finish first, hate finishing second, (laughs) defeat everybody, be the most important, be the most – those were the rules I followed. Suddenly I went into church and I was like, they got these rules what are they? What are they talking about? You know, yeah. you can't sit here. You should right. sit here. You got to say that. Don't talk like that. Right. I mean, I got I got people challenging me every word. I'd say I'd say something. You're prideful. I'd <laughs> say something. You don't put God first. And I was right. like, I just got tired. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped talking because mm-hmm. I was like, every time I talk, someone's telling me something I've done wrong. So it gets really overwhelming. And I, as I got older, I've learned that you've really got to understand with God that he doesn't have a, it's not like the college football rankings coming out every week saying you weren't number one, but you dropped to number 10 because you committed this sin. And so I just did away with all that. And I even think uh, people I know don't even understand me because I'm like, I can't live that way. It's too overwhelming. And, and it, it makes me be motivated for the wrong reasons. And so I think that what we want our younger people and our older people to understand is we've got to get off of this bandwagon of saying, I've not done as many bad things as you've done. And I think that's what happens in church cultures. And so nobody wants to talk about anything they've done. So everybody's quiet. And then that, I'll give you a scripture, Romans 1. It says, by your wickedness, you have suppressed the truth. That's the beginning of a passage that talks about how God is driven out of your life. It's the suppression of truth. And I think it's better to be honest than to be perfect. And I think that's what God wants, and that's what Psalm 51's about. Look, we've talked about a lot, and we haven't even read these scriptures, but we can go back and you can read it in Luke 15 about the older son. What we basically have talked about here, and it's been really cool to me, is that the younger son, he was emotionally honest and just got it out there. You go back and check that out yourself. But the older son, he was performing. He was trying to figure out, okay, what's the rule that gets me what I want? And in the end, if you go read about the older son, he just, it turns out, he's this really bitter, angry guy because he really... Really wanted to go out drinking. He really wanted to go out carousing. He really didn't want to go to church, but he faked it the whole time. Right. And then later in life, boom, he exploded. Right. He was gone.
0: Right. And can I just add real fast in the in the You not to do it fast. You can do it slow. Okay. <laughs> it's the, Yeah. Passion translation. Like it says that he said he told the dad, "I feel like a slave. Right. I've been a slave to you." You
1: want to read that? Right. Yeah. Sure. Oh, or, hold, let me see if I can get that up there. Yeah,
0: Luke fifteen twenty nine. The Passion Translation, the son said, Father, listen, how many years have I been working like a slave for you, performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son, right? And I never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you even given me a goat that I could feast on, celebrate with my friends like he's doing now, you know? And I think for me, the one of the hardest things for me to admit is that I feel like a slave to... The rules to people to my to what I want to tell myself who yeah, I am yeah yeah and it's it's everything we talked about, about dodging the truth right like that's I think that's when I'm a, a slave and the scary thing about being honest I think I'm learning is that. When you make that decision to be honest, it's not like you can go back because then people start knowing what's really going on. And you have to decide. <laughs> it's either like I'm going to do this for real and actually choose to do it or I'm not going to do it at all. And I think that's the hardest thing because I want to be half in but not really live the full life. Where I'm like I'm going to put everything out there including this is how I felt like a slave. But really, it's because I'm being religious I'm performing.
3: That goes back to control, too, like having that back saying, I'm not going to, like, give it up to God. I'm not going to let him choose. I want to, like, hold on to this little piece. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's like the
2: not trusting, like, not trusting God. Because really, you end up, he ended up missing, he ended up missing out on everything that he was given. Like, he was given a place to stay. Exactly. He was like, he, he. yeah, he had a really good life. He just couldn't see it because he was so bitter. Um at not like because he wanted what he didn't have um and wouldn't be honest about wanting um, yeah,
3: and you know, he was outside of the party he could have went in and got some of that fat and lamb. <laughs>
1: well look he at what guess. the father says in Luke 15:31 the father said my son you are always with me by my side everything i have is yours to enjoy he was basically saying you could have done whatever you wanted if you just if you had said hey i want to build a house if you'd said i want to go here i want to do there i didn't stop the younger son mm-hmm. he goes look I just want you to enjoy this. I think a lot of times in my life, I don't know how you guys feel, I sometimes forget that God wants me to enjoy life. And there's so many books out there about how Christians suffer. And I've suffered, so I understand. There's so many books out there about how your sin's going to take you down and so many sermons. But we can sometimes forget that God really actually wants us to be happy. And I don't think he just wants us to be happy in heaven. I think that's going to be beyond our expectations and beyond our descriptions. But I actually think, I mean, you look at this, he says, everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because his brother here is once dead and gone, but now he's alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he's found. I think God, I, there's the scripture I love in Romans eight twenty eight. 28, the voice that says that he wants to work everything out. He orchestrates everything so that our life will turn out to be something good and beautiful. It's taken me a lot of work in my life, and I hope you guys will think about this and our listeners will, to believe that God wants us to find happiness. That's where we started. Mm -hmm. he actually wants us to be happy and guess what owning 10 cars and being on the cover of a magazine is not what's going to make you happy. He knows in our soul what we're yearning for. And I think the father knew in his soul what those boys were yearning for. And he was trying to guide them to it, but he wasn't going to control them. And I think he was saying, dude, just like Kelly said, It's all been right here for you. You could have done anything you wanted to. If you wanted to ride the tractor, if you wanted to (laughs) climb the barn, if you wanted to sleep under the star, you could have done anything you Mm -hmm. wanted. But instead, you were going and following all these rules, but never seeing the relationship. And so this has been a great, great podcast. I hope everybody listens to this section because I'm excited about it. And I hope you keep listening to Deep Spirituality. Have a great day.